Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Temperature in Warsaw on New Year's Day was an astonishing 19 degrees Celsius. The normal temperature there at this time of year is 4 degrees. Apart from underlining how real climate change has become in Europe, it also means that many companies and consumers won't need to use as much gas from their winter reserves as many of us had feared after an embargo was placed on Russian energy. So what impact could this have on gas prices, which have made energy costs treble this year or over the past year? Something for Daniel Kroll, the senior economist with Oxford Economics, who joins us. Good morning, Daniel. Morning, Joe. Daniel, I was struck by your tweet yesterday in which you said that gas storage levels could be at their highest levels in Europe for many years by the end of this winter. Correct. Um, as you said, we've had the warmest few days around this time of year in many countries in Europe. Um, and there's a perfect inverse correlation between gas consumption and outside temperatures because uh, the colder it gets, the more we turn our heating on. Um, so if these temperatures are maintained and so far the near term uh, weather outlook is that it will stay quite warm for this time of year, uh, we'll just be using less gas. Uh, and that means that at the end of this heating season, we could end up with uh, gas storage is much fuller than usual. It's a very different perspective from six months ago when people were talking about blackouts because energy consumption would be huge uh, and there might not be enough gas in storage. That's correct. Uh, there are two factors to consider, the supply and demand side. The supply side has actually proven very resilient. We've been able to replace much of Russian gas with American LNG uh, pipeline supplies from Norway, North Africa, Azerbaijan. And also, actually, we've got quite a big uh, uplift in LNG supplies from Russia compared to uh, last year. So it's only the pipeline supplies that uh, have dried out. Uh, and also, there is a demand response by European consumers and industry, even beyond the weather. Uh, so even temperature adjusted, we see that uh, all sectors of, of the economy are actually making significant savings in gas consumption compared to last year. And that's largely driven by the price channel because it's just a lot more expensive now. It's interesting how when we needed to pivot at short notice away from Russian gas, we could do it. Correct. Few would have predicted that we can do this without major recessions. Uh, those were the warnings uh, why we haven't placed a ban on on, uh, on Russian gas. As you mentioned, we have a ban on Russian oil and coal, but we don't have a ban on Russian gas. It's the Russians that have decided unilaterally to stop sending us the pipeline gas. And precisely because the concern was that these energy intensive industries and basically everybody in the economy who relies on gas will not be able to cope. And the Europeans have again shown incredible ability to, to adjust and shown resilience. Um, and the, the downturns that we're looking at in the economy are basically a few scratches compared to the fears that, that were there at the start of the war. I guess a lot of consumers and a lot of companies that listen to this program will be wondering what this means for their gas prices, for their energy prices, which have rocketed over the past year. Correct. So for consumers, uh, probably not much in the short term because we have various price caps and support schemes in government uh, by governments in place already. Um, and so those are the, they, they, they form the basis for the price formation. Uh, so it really is just longer term when these support schemes roll off uh, that, that the, the lower prices will come in. Uh, for industry, uh, there may be a more immediate benefit for energy intensive industries, uh, such as chemicals or fertilizers, which are very sensitive to wholesale market prices, uh, depending on their 
the structure of their energy contracts, but sometimes they do have a pretty high pass-through, immediate pass-through from wholesale to, to prices faced by them. And for governments, it is actually a big help because it lowers the cost of these support schemes. Uh, typically, the governments pay the difference between the wholesale prices and the regulated prices faced by consumers. So now that the wholesale prices have collapsed, uh, the difference paid by governments will be, uh, be a lot lower. It is a very positive development, and mainly it sets us up very well for, for next winter, which is the big concern because in 2022, we did have half a year roughly of decent Russian pipelines gas supplies. Uh, this year, we probably won't get, we won't get that. Uh, and the biggest component in soaring inflation in Europe has, of course, been rising energy prices. If energy prices start to go into reverse, that should push down inflation as well, with the impact, of course, on interest rates. Correct. Well, to an extent, the, the energy prices will have gone down or uh, been a less contributor to inflation this year in any case because of base effects and the fact that they're not, they wouldn't have been higher than last year. At the same time, what's kind of come to the fore, I think this year is going to be a, a year when uh, the focus shifts from headline inflation to core inflation uh, because core is proving a lot stickier. And that's what central banks will be watching very closely. That's why uh, some sort of uh, loosening of monetary stance and, and cuts to interest rates, we probably won't see this year uh, because the core inflation is likely to uh, stay above headline for some time. Thank you very much, Daniel. That is Daniel Kroll, the senior economist with Oxford Economics. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.